Time for another thrilling hey. edition of Think Out Quote. You see, that, that hey doesn't really make sense now that I've changed around the opening. It's just a hello. It fits really the matter. theme of the intro, though. Mm. So uh, your attempts are futile. Mm. All right. Well, I'm Joe Patrice from Buffalo. Hey, Joe Welcome. Patrice. Welcome. Yes, that's Catherine Rubino, and you also heard Chris Williams. We're all from Above the Law. This is Thinking Like a Lawyer, our weekly show where we discuss... The week that was. Okay. See, now you don't... That was on beat. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. (laughs) It was somebody calling to be like, please don't do this anymore. Please stop this show. It was my mom. Uh, Okay, okay. I had that happen to me the first time I did stand-up. I was on stage in front of a crowd in philly i went i was after it was it was really like an open open mic so there are a lot of rappers i was mm-hmm. immediately after a guy named bullets with a z so okay. not my crowd not my crowd <laughs> i'm wearing like uh some jeans a t-shirt and some cole han sneakers i get a call from my mom on stage i'm like yep this is not a bit people she just does this had a good set didn't get jumped nice. it was a good time yeah i, I was mean, gonna say to be clear this is like i've this is the third phone call from my mom this morning Open, open mic night in Philadelphia sounds like the worst thing that you could possibly ever do. <laughs> um, here, hold on. Let's just quickly small talk. begin our small talk session. On that note, uh, do you remember a few years ago when there was that heartwarming tale of some robot that was hitchhiking across across the country and it's like making it all the way across Canada mm-hmm. got oh, into yeah. the US and mm-hmm. like got to Philly and was immediately dismantled for parts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, because brotherly love is violent. Um yeah. it's, I mean, it's one of the one of the things that the I do. city that threw batteries at at Santa Claus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. The yeah, batteries in Santa yeah, Claus. Yeah. All the coal he's given out in this ecological crisis, come on. <laughs> and I'll hate a bad children. But no it's actually one of the things I do when I meet a person and they're like a Philadelphia local. I'm like, fuck the Liberty Bell. Here are the things you need to know about living in Philly. They won the Super Bowl and they destroyed their city out of joy. <laughs> I, I, tell them, I tell them about the uh, the traveling robot and I tell them that there was the, um, like, they usually hear about like uh, Joe's, you know, it's like the mm-hmm. Geno's or Pat's or something. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I tell them that one of them had a kill Ma- a fry mamiya thing on like the bottom of their sign it's like a they wanted, they wanted a, i think it was a mamiya blue jabal something like that mm-hmm. they wanted him yep. to get the death penalty and i was like that was under a sandwich spot there was no <laughs> yeah. need for that to get political but like if you understand <laughs> these things philly starts to make sense like if, if you get that you're like yeah they would murder a robot <laughs> my my <laughs> My take on Philly has always been that everyone talks about Pats and Genos, and it's and neither of them are even neither of them are good in the top ten of cheesesteaks I've had in Philadelphia. I mean, they're they're not bad. Look, you, you're not going to have a bad cheesesteak. My, my sister went to college in Philadelphia and was very much a Pats person, so I feel a little bit of loyalty that I need to like stand up for it, even though it wasn't me. Stand up all you want, but I will say, I feel like going to Philly just to get a Philly cheesesteak from Pasadena's is like going to Chicago, getting a deep dish from Uno. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it really is. No, I, um, Except I, not I, franchised. Like Ellie and I did some events in Philly over the years, back in the day when we did lots of events as part of Above the Law. And mm-hmm. yeah, we would, we frequented like the off the beaten path cheesesteak places and they were all fantastically better mm-hmm. anyway fair enough well okay it's small talk and y'all i have something to say uh-oh 
No, no. I was, no, was going to say it, but I no. decided to not steal your thunder. Go on. <laughs> There's a new album coming out. <laughs> that was worth it. That's actually how I felt last night during the Grammys uh, when Taylor Swift announced her 11th studio album, The Tortured Poets. Uh, department. Department. God, uh, I hate that I had to come in there. Yeah. Well, okay. There's a mm. lot of people online that have misdone it as club because of dead po- or society because of dead poet society, mm. but also because mm-hmm. the whole thing is we think is a reference to Joe Alwyn, her ex boyfriend, mm. publicly had like a group chat that was called the Tortured Men's Club. Mm. So we think that this is like a reference to that. Like he must have called her like a tortured poet or something like that. I don't know. It's all very very. But I'm interested. I can't wait. All of the things. So don't expect to see me online February on on the 19th I'm gonna be I'm gonna be busy yeah the um I I, I yeah they, I mean I only know this because I was of course following minute by minute to find out what was going on with killer Mike <laughs> one three won three Grammys and then was carted off by the police, which was apparently was a altercation outside. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. True. That was a whole thing. But also uh, Taylor Swift also won her fourth album of the year Grammy for the first person in the history of ever to do that. But Mm. I wasn't even watching, but I have good friends and they all let me know the second it happened, my phone just started blowing up with texts. So it was pretty fun. Killer Mike, of course, my my favorite Frisky Dingo character. Uh, he was like, for anybody who remembers that Adult Vaguely, Swim show. Yeah. I love that show. It was the bridge between C Lab twenty twenty one and uh, and Archer for that crew. Gotcha. And they then they had a show about an alien trying to take over the world. And Killer Mike was a character on on that show. Like it wasn't and, like the, the Mike. It wasn't like Killer Mike was a a character it was like he well, voiced a he character played, he played one of the characters yeah yeah, 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 yeah. which is different than like somebody that's making fair, a that's caricature fair. was he a dolphin no he he played uh he played a music artist who was running as uh running for the vice presidency because i was like if it was one of those bojack horseman things where like you play a character or like they had to make him a whale because be <laughs> killer mike is killer whale you know amazing yeah well, okay. Have we sufficiently? Oh, before before yes. we end small oh, talk, I just want yeah. everybody to know of the lunacy that this man engages in, that he takes his normalcy. Joe tends to run with only four tabs open yeah. on the laptop. Four tabs. Yeah. One, yeah. Let two. Me, let me count mine. Yeah. <laughs> 21. Wow. I currently have eight, but that's because I'm in the middle of a story. I have, I have 11 windows open. I was gonna say I have twenty one in my in those. (laughs) I have I have twenty one in my main window, and I have two other windows. Yeah, Yeah. no, I I I have the research that is necessary for the article open as tabs. But of course, once that article is finished and in the can, I will close all those and then be back to the main. No, that's that's not how it. That's not how. That's not how. That's not how people work. No, I just reminds me of the one time I remember just had my phone open or something somebody saw like the amount of emails they were like oh i have so many emails and they had me like showed me that they had a hundred open emails and once my emails hit past the thirty six thousand mark they just started like shivering <laughs> but you know my inbox currently has one new email i will, nah uh, i will nah. dispense with that you soon. don't you don't want to know how many i have <laughs> oh it's probably normal Catherine. Okay, so on on my phone because the way I have my thing, my actual tab set up, it doesn't actually reflect everything. But on my phone, mm. I have two hundred and ninety thousand nine hundred and forty six unread emails. I feel better. I only have seventy seven thousand one hundred twenty four. 
I uh, it's all like spam that I just refuse to open yeah. or deal yeah. with. Right. Well, I I dispense with that then well, like, spam, my, so I never get it. But like again. my Gmail like automatically gets sorted like on my tabs between like primary, promotion, social, updated, etc. And I only look at the primary. So so two things. One, I. I like I my primary have, has one, seven na- emails. One, I now have zero because I took this time to, <laughs> to clear that out. Two, um, yeah, I don't have, um, like, I don't trust the spam filter anymore on Gmail. If I feel like multiple times I have looked and seen uh, people said, like, oh, I sent you this thing, whatever, and it's been just weirdly in spam. I, I sometimes am having a, a back and forth with a group of people that has gone multiple iterations and then like the third person in the third person to reply in the chain, the whole chain then moves to spam. And I'm like, well, you're you not the I'm... only one who's had this problem. Yeah. Very famously. Yes, no, I was, that was the segue I was going to do. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 this is, this is a little bit like legal tech related. So Sorta. we're going to, we're going to pretend for a minute, but it's legal and it involves tech. So we're going to count it friends. Uh, but yes, the uh, F1 rejected the Andretti's bid to be the 11th constructor in F1 at Formula One, and part of it was that they didn't show up for a meeting because the invite to the meeting went to spam. Yeah. The, the person holding the meeting did not send it. They had their assistant send it. The assistant was not, it seemed like a, apparently was taken by the uh, spam filter as a sketchy address, and therefore it went into a spam filter. So they didn't show up to the meeting, and that's why their bid, their billions of dollars worth of bid uh, was not, well, multiple, multi millions, but over the life of the contract would have sure hit the billions, billions at some point didn't make it uh that is why old also kind of bs that they rejected the andretti bid regardless because they're like oh they won't be competitive i was like haas is right there yeah. like what are you talking about well i mean it, it, i understand it more like literally I like the director of haas right. was like we will be last this year yes of course as they will every year i think the argument that they won't be competitive is stupid uh the argument that crowd is gets it gets too crowded with 22 cars is is i i do think there's something to that the 20 is a decent number to have on there to minimize traffic concerns especially with some of those if you're going to continue being at monaco that's you well know. sure i think that's probably fair at monaco but they, that's not how they could they could or things they could do like what they used to do was when during qualifying the last x number of teams just don't get to just compete get the next day yeah you know, and I think that that's a, a, a fair option and would still increase like the excitement to have an Andretti team on the grid. Yeah, no, I think it. Because I don't think that they would necessarily always be the ones that were eliminated. I think there mm-hmm. were weekends at certain Haas cards. I think that, frankly, I mean, I love Valtteri Bottas, but he did. He was at the back of the grid for a good chunk of last year. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, the, those cards weren't great. Well, he may have a new one. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Anyway, that is neither here nor there. Uh, Spam filters, they're weird. Uh, <laughs> keep on top of those. Yeah, can we get to work talk? <laughs> I, yeah, I almost, I almost feel like spam filters, I need a new AI that goes through my spam filter to determine whether spam filter was wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I need a secondary check. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, that'll like be- Like an air eye? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. You got that in just under the buzzer, but <laughs> that is the end of small talk. Hey, let's talk about- not small talk. Uh, I had, was gone a lot of last week uh, covering Legal Week, which we'll talk about in a bit. But because I was gone, I didn't really follow what was going on. So I looked at our uh, tra- traffic numbers from last week. And um, 
It's nice to be back here at ATL, Alina the Law. Uh, <laughs> what what happened? Like every story. Well, you know, it it was a week. It was yeah. a week. We the devoted a whole ep- a couple of whole episodes to this woman because and thinking, well, she was hugely in the news this week, so we have to do it. Uh, and then this week was even worse. People well, love looking you know, at car crashes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, this, this is, is this is rubber this is rubbernecking traffic. I think that that's very true. People like to watch bad things happen. Um, I think that the size of the verdict uh, against Donald Trump was an impressive number. I think that uh, people want to talk about it. I think that her poor lawyering was a big part of it. The biggest story of last week was uh, she made a bid real quick to, uh, and we we kind of highlighted this, I believe, at the end of la- you know as part of last show that she had made a somewhat. Curious bid that, you know, Judge Kaplan and Robbie Kaplan have both worked at Paul Weiss, so seems like bias. You know, after after multiple trials, of, after two trials have already happened, they yeah, this dawns yeah. on them uh, that this has happened. Uh, so that motion, you know, we joked about how stupid that motion was. Uh, Robbie Kaplan did not think that was a dumb joke, uh, but more a sanctionable one, uh, and <laughs> wrote back saying that... Uh, this was something that they might pursue some repercussions over. Alina rapidly wrote a letter withdrawing that and saying like, oh, you know, I was just as some people were saying, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So that was the biggest thing, the kind of panic that seemed to hit as soon as somebody brought up the concept of actual sanctions. And it made me think that a good deal of We've made fun of a lot of the incompetent lawyering going on, you know, on that side. But the questionably ethical lawyering that's going on mm. over there I mean, is another those things th- go hand in hand in a lot of ways right if you're just taking your cues from your client who is not a lawyer even if they are there's a high chance you're running into all sort of problematic behavior i still maintain that 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 email exchange that led up to what was going on in the civil fraud trial as mm-hmm. far as whether or not trump was going to uh was going to testify that email exchange i still want i think there's there are AI detectors of like authorship. I want them to go through and identify because I am, I am fairly sure you can see the moment that, yeah, he that Chris Kyes stops writing and he starts cutting and pasting Trump's words in. And I'll bet, I'll bet an AI could identify that. But I digress. Uh, yeah. So that's that yeah. was one aspect. Yeah. Well, go yeah. On. I mean, Robbie Kaplan was big mad about it, though. Mm-hmm. Not the only thing she was big mad about this well, week. Well, I was actually going to segue <laughs> to that one by okay. going through an intermediary story okay. Okay. that we heard, which was Kaplan also explained that in an in an episode of actually competent lawyering, <laughs> uh, Alina apparently ordered lunch to be served at a deposition at Mar-a-Lago, mm-hmm. which is a no, which is not well, necessary, but is what one does. It is common civility oh, right in and i litigation. think particularly in the instance which i think it leads up to the whole whole issue right is that when you're at mar-a-lago it's not like you can just like go to the mcdonald's across the street right, right. it has to be like it's a very long way to get to anything that isn't part of mar-a-lago right so if you're willing if if you're willing to be deposed there and that's where you suggest part of i think otherwise there'll be an objection to that as the location right. is you provide lunch that seems very, very standard. Yeah, uh, it is very standard, and you know, and I like, and I've done it too. Like in in really acrimonious litigation, you still do it. Like people, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there's all sorts yeah. of things like that. You know, I once uh, was part of a, a deposition, and the plaintiffs in the case owned a hotel, and they 
put us up in that hotel because, you know, we were willing to do it in their city. So, you know, okay, mm-hmm. well, we'll pay for this. And, you know, kind of that whole right. back and forth is natural and part of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, apparently, when Kaplan made reference to the fact that they were going to be having lunch provided by the deponent, Trump lost his mind and like threw papers across exhibits across the table and then mm-hmm. started yelling at Alina, at least according to what Kaplan told the media. Well, uh, she, yes, yeah. she appeared on George Conway's uh, podcast and that wasn't the only out of pocket story that came. There we go. Yeah, there we go. It's all, it's all going to circle back. But also what Robbie Kaplan revealed was that during the, that same deposition that Trump referred to her as a see you next Tuesday. Ah, which, you know, most people, I think, at this point probably are aware what that means. Yeah. Where did you hear that first? I, for me, it was uh, that show American Dad. 100%. The, Roger 100%. The, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roger, Roger the Alien. She's a real CNX <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, yes, which obviously is um, a euphemism for cunt. Uh, and Earning yeah. that explicit tag. Well done. That, the, the, them yeah, just be the facts. I, I agree. Yes. Them agree. just be the facts. I'm not criticizing. Uh, but apparently the way it happened was Trump was like, about to say something, their lawyers were like, this is off the record. This is off the record. So obviously they knew something was up. Mm. At least that was Kaplan's perception of what happened. And he was like, I'll see you next Tuesday or whatever. And mm. she was kind of confused. She was like, the next deposition's on a Wednesday. Very confused. <laughs> <laughs> and her, her, her associates had to tell her as they, after they left that, you know, it was a euphemism for cunt. And she was like, well, it's a good thing I didn't know. Cause I would have been big mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing that gets me about that is my take is sure, you know, he's a 12 year old boy. He speaks in euphemisms, whatever. But, you know, you're also used to be the leader of the free freaking world. If you want to call someone a cunt, call them a cunt. Mm-hmm. Say mm-hmm. what you say. It's not going to make, doesn't make it less misogynistic just because you use a euphemism. Mm-hmm. Say what you mean, mean what you say, have the fucking balls to defend it in the moment. Otherwise, you're just being childish, which yeah. is not surprising, I suppose, right. given who we're talking about. Yeah, I was I was going to say something similar coming from the guy who was just bragging about how he would just, you know, assault women because he was rich. It seems yeah. like him using a metaf- him using like a euphemism is like, is he going to therapy or something? Is he trying? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's about killing people in the street and his people will still vote for him. This is an improvement. He's, he's getting better. It's, you know? No, it's because he's always been a coward, right? He said that in front of an audience of his supporters. So he knew how it was going to be reacted. Mm. So he knew he was going to get mm. a cheer line. He said the grab them by the pussy line when he was talking one-on-one to a guy when he knew he wasn't going to get any, any pushback about it. But he would never say that to Robbie Cass. Kaplan's face because he might have to defend himself in the moment because he might get pushback in that second. And he is fundamentally a coward. Could also be the Carol cases hitting his pockets. <laughs> well, it hadn't been yet, but uh, because it is the Carol case. Yeah. All right. Well, it was a different case. It was a re- related, a different case that Robbie Kaplan was deposing him. In. It was not the Carol case. It was a fraud case, but irrelevant right. to the point. <laughs> McDermott, Will & Emery is Vault's number one law firm for associate satisfaction three years running. Why? because they're doing big law better. At McDermott, you define what your success looks like. They help you achieve it. McDermott's award-winning professional development program and hands-on mentorship propel you toward your goals, while the industry-leading wellness benefits help you feel your best so you can do your best. Want to see how your life could be better at McDermott? Head to mwe.com slash above the law. Generate quality briefs, memos, and redlines in minutes with Calidus AI. You enter the case's facts, then Calidus suggests bodies of law, statutes, and precedents. 
You tell it if those are relevant, and Calidus generates a well-cited, well-formatted document. You can trust what went into it because you put it there. Be exceptionally productive with better outcomes using Legal's most advanced AI platform. Just three minutes from registration to results. Get $90 off your first two months. Use promo code Joe at calidusai.com. That's C-A-L-L-I-D-U-S-A-I.com. All right, we're back. Uh, this is an interesting one that I saw. And, and you know, no details uh, for reasons that will become obvious, but a post on a job board was pointing out, uh, saying that from an associate saying, hey, my firm has told us that they're going to be firing two of the six first years on Friday. You know, I'm a little worried. How should I handle that? Like my Yikes. numbers are good, yada, yada. Um, let's just, so, so a lot of people reached out after we published this story and said, uh, well, what firm? Your story doesn't say. And I was like, yeah, I think if this person identified the firm, they'd have mm -hmm. fired three people out of six. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's not a lot of anonymity when you're uh, dealing with a six first year class. Uh, that yeah. said, okay, so layoffs we've talked about. I, like, I, I've always thought stealth layoffs were the most cruel way you could go, but yes. apparently. <laughs> Roulette. Yeah, the, uh, the Hunger Games yeah. style. Uh, yeah, that's, that's very true. It's very, may the odds be ever in your favor. I don't understand what the logic was. Look, I'm not advocating this. I want to be clear before anybody takes this out. I'm not advocating this, but if but, you said, <laughs> we're going to fire two of you at the end of the quarter, that's one thing. Like, there's an opportunity for people to fight for their jobs, which I think is probably a horrible way to manage, but at <laughs> least there's logic. It, what are they going to do in 24 hours to solidify their job prospect? Like, at that point, you clearly have already decided who you're firing. Yeah, yes, I think that's true. Um, I mean, all it does, I think, is it's it's terrible practice. Like, there's no way any HR was actually involved in that, right? Like, HR is all about, like, trying to minimize the antagonism inherent in these situations, yeah. right? Like, you tell people on a Friday. You try, like, Well, they were going to tell them on a Friday. <laughs> sure. But, but <laughs> As it turned the out. The point is so that they don't have time to... <laughs> do all sorts of questionable things that you might hear when you're hearing bad news. Well, and there's also that. But mm -hmm. it like, yeah, I wasn't even getting to that level. I think that's the only thing I could think is like, what are you trying to do? Give them time to arm themselves? Like, what is happening? <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, it's a horrible way to treat people in the first place. And I hope, even if the person who initially said this anonymously, hopefully they kept their job and therefore mm -hmm. they won't follow up. But the people who do lose their job, I wish, I hope they identify who this firm is because I think first years the world over need to be forearmed that mm -hmm. this, this or forewarned, I guess, which is forearmed. Yeah, see, like it's an old phrase. Anyway, they need to be warned mm -hmm. that this place exists because this is a toxic environment. That would that would pre-announce like it's like layoffs or layoffs, but pre-announcing I plan to lay a couple of you off. We'll get back to news at eleven. Uh, is it's, uh, it's like that moment in Shrek where Farquaad's like, "Some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice yes. I'm willing to make." <laughs> <laughs> See, I think of that as like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It just it's cartoonishly evil. <laughs> to manage your firm that way. And the hope is that it's just one firm doing this. Like, what if you find mm -hmm. out it's a trend that's actually been happening across other places, but this is the only one that reached out? I can't imagine. It's so bad. 
it is like yeah. the opposite of what anybody would ever do. It's like anti-instinctual, right? Like, yeah. like whatever your instinct is, do the opposite is what this is. <laughs> Several years ago, I wrote an article that got in trouble because it was, there was some conflict over it. The, um, but about a firm that was hiring people and calling them interns and not paying them, basically not paying a swath of associates. That's not uh, right. It was like during harder economic times and mm -hmm. they could get away with that. And obviously there are actually Department of Labor laws, regulations about what you can and can't call an unpaid internship. Uh, and this mm -hmm. uh, crosses this line. That said, there was some disputed language in the definitions that this firm got very angry and said, no, lawyers don't count. <laughs> and I, I, at the time, I called a, a number of law professors to like read over these regulations. And I was like, do you, what, how do you read this? And they were conflicting views on what this said. But it, there's a colorable argument that lawyers don't count. And the argument was, well, lawyers are professionals. And it says professional licensees don't count. And I'm like, well, that's assuming that they're self-employed people. Like they, this by definition is not that. That's not how mm -hmm. this is. Oh, well, yeah, it was real bad. But that I thought also uh, fits into this. There's kind of this mentality of like how to exploit the young lawyer. There's definitely a lot of exploitation happening. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I kind of decided that the firm probably was on on better ground, uh, even though these regulations seem to say that lawyers can't, uh, you can't do this to lawyers. There was this other definition that of professional licensee that I, I can't imagine they wouldn't have have been able to win a, a, a fight over that and said like, well, we had a reasonable expectation. This means we can just not pay associates. Really interesting. Uh, well, horrible stuff. Let us know, obviously, all the time. Uh, send it to tips at Above the Law if you are aware of any horrible situations like this. We will keep you fully anonymous as this of conversation course. has proven. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Guy, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Guy, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. Order up. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich, leather-bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's J.D. McGuffin at Law. He'll fight for you! I bet you he has got so many years of experience. Like decades and decades. And I bet, Guy, I bet he even went to a law school. Are you a lawyer? Do you suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace? Sit down with Guy and Conrad for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on the Legal Talk Network, available wherever podcasts are found. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.
All right, we're back. We don't have a ton of time. So as I said, I was at Legal Week uh, discussing all mm-hmm. things law and technology. And while we were there, there was a story that kind of came up in the real world uh, that you all covered here. Yeah, Second Circuit referred an attorney for disciplinary action because they used chat GPT to do some legal research and it hallucinated fake citations. <laughs> yeah, so we're still doing this. Yeah. Uh, we're still making these. Th- I mean, in, in in this attorney's defense, I mean, this is when it's gone through the disciplinary process. Who knows how long ago she did actually, you know, written the brief, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it doesn't happen overnight or anything like that. Hopefully it was before this became, you know, a regular talking point about legal tech. Um, <laughs> but but, you know, I think it's interesting. One of the arguments in the in the briefing was that, well, there's no specific rule about how, you know, there, that there should be some rule about chat GPT and how lawyers should use it. And the second circuit was like, maybe, maybe, but it seems to us that the bare minimum is that you should read the cases you cite mm-hmm. and you can't read a case that's fake. Also, just for, for the record, uh, I think hallucination is such a good PR spin rather than being like fabrication <laughs> or just like made shit up. That's <laughs> like, a good point, actually. It's it, it's it just baked in like the oopsie daisy nature of it rather than just, oh, you fucked up. The, the error is human here. <laughs> I love that. I think that's a great point, actually. Like, why do we call it hallucination as opposed to fabrication? Yeah. That's a great point. Fabrication. Yeah, maybe we should maybe we should start a new trend, just call, calling it fabrications. Yeah, AI fabrication. Well, hold on. That's now, why we do I, I'm trying to see the date. Uh, I'm reading through the whole thing to figure out what day it was. I mean, it couldn't have been too, too early, right? Because Chad GPT, like it hasn't, it's not even that old. Like, well, what, I, what I meant when I said early, I meant like before it became very public that lawyers were getting in trouble for using yeah. Chad GPT in their briefing. Yeah. It took a minute before it became clear that lawyers were looking for shortcuts and not bothering to double check the work that chat GPT was spitting out. Well, that's the point that I always make is that it's not a tech problem here because no, if that, you, that's literally what the second circuit said, yeah, right? That yeah. the bare minimum is that you should read the cases that you cite in briefing and you can't read a faked case. Well, now the dangerous thing you could do if you're like really incompetent with the tech, which is this is what allegedly happened in the first of these cases that we had with all the airline stuff is that they went back and said to chat GPT, somebody told us this was fake. Like what do you have the text of this opinion? And chat GPT was like, sure. And then made that <laughs> sure. up too. Sure. And then they submitted the fake bit and was like, well, here it is. One one would certainly hope that lawyers at this point have some access to publicly available uh, state bars. Mostly have access to things yeah. like FastCase or something like that uh, mm-hmm. is available through most. Yeah, if, state if you bars. don't already have a Lexus or Westlaw or something, right. you know, kind of kind of thing. It was. I mean, the Second Circuit was not not hearing that nonsense. That you know. Did you look at what the underlying dispute was in this case? I did. It was it was somebody who was trying, the case was dismissed, but was trying to sue a doctor over a failed abortion. Uh, Your Honor, I'd like to present Exhibit A, this three-year-old child. <laughs> yeah, cold, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, okay, I, I saw that too, that that was what it was about. I was like, I don't know as though I've, I've heard that one before. Um, maybe that's why it was dismissed. Yeah. <laughs> This is one of those weird cases where like you realize you're living in a like soft dystopia or like a hypothetical situation because <laughs> this is just a, a, a combination of the typewriter monkeys and yeah. the Turing test. 
<laughs> like if, if we had a computer compile a thing, how long would it take until it's an actual thing? You know. All right. Well, let's uh, close. Uh, so thanks for listening. You should subscribe to the show. Get new episodes when they come out. You should leave reviews, write things on the various services, give stars, all that sort of stuff. Helps more people find the show. You should listen to the Jabot, Catherine's other show uh, podcast. You should listen to the Legal Tech Week Journalist Roundtable, which I'm a guest on, which where we talk about a lot more of these sorts of issues. Uh, you should be listening to the other offerings of the Legal Talk Network. You should read Above the Law, obviously, to read these and more stories before they hit our conversation. You should follow us on social media. It's at ATL blog. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, the numeral one. Chris is at Rights for Rent, as in typing rights, not legal rights. Um, All of that is at X Twitter, as we call it. And then over at Blue Sky, everything's the same, except I'm Joe Patrice. And... Peace. With that, we're done. Bye. Peace. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, Join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.